Thank you. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 handouts. Anybody else need a Philippians 2 handout? Okay. Uh, okay. Melissa, can you? Uh, she can't. <laughs> yeah, there should be a, 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 a loose handout. Okay. So in Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse uh, 25. Yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him therefore the more carefully that when you see him again, you may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation because for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. And um, I won't talk about this every time. But last week we we mentioned verse 30 when he says your lack of service toward me. I don't believe that's a negative because he says in uh, verse four or chapter four that they lacked opportunity. And so uh, that's that's basically what's going on. And so uh, in the Philippians 2 handout on the last page, yay, last page, uh, just uh, starting on, uh, we'll get to where we are in just a second, but Epaphroditus, God's man, Paul's brother, co-laborer and fellow soldier, a faithful messenger of God. And we look there in Proverbs 30, 25, verse 13, as the cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him. And he, uh, for he refresheth the soul of his masters. And that's what Epaphroditus is. He's a faithful man. He is a, uh, a brother in need or brother at, in, in a time of need to Paul. But he himself had gone through some challenges. So that's what we're looking at. And so letter A was a minister of God and Paul's helper. He was someone who personally attended to Paul's needs. And uh, letter B, he longed after the brethren there because he had because they had heard of his sickness. And I think it's pretty special that he is concerned for them because they heard he was sick. That's pretty, that's pretty wonderful love and compassion for others that you're concerned for them because they heard you were sick. And, 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 and I think very much it could be also that he, he might have wanted to go and, uh, and show forth the praises of God for God healing him. And listen, I, I have to say for someone who has been miraculously healed by God, in some pretty wonderful ways, it's very important to take chances, opportunities that you have to give God the glory for it. I remember when I had that first, I had, I had a stroke uh, back in, uh, I was 40, what was I, 47? I think I was 47. <laughs> and um, and it, there, was, there was a lot of things going on at the time. I had just gone, this has happened to me several times, I'd just gone on vacation leave, and I had this major stroke, and it was bad. It was like, Major blockages in my brain, and Melissa could tell you better. Her brain's better than mine. But anyway, I, I was thankful because I, I, I mean, I, I was in the emergency room for like five hours. I kept forgetting I was there and taking me up to neurology. <laughs> and so I was getting kind of depressed and discouraged about it. And, and I remember thinking, uh, Lord, I would just like to be back in church teaching. And, and, and I just, just want to be back, back being able to teach in, uh, in Sunday school and, 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 and Wednesday nights. And within an hour, 
I mean, I, I was I was not able to coordinate my left side. I wasn't able to walk. I was just walking into everything, and I was disoriented. Uh, they told me I'd take my shirt off, so I take my shirt off, and then I put my right arm down. <laughs> my left arm stays up of its own accord. <laughs> I was I, I, I had a lot of very obvious signs of uh, of having had a stroke. And uh, anyway, uh, but after that, after I, I asked God to just grant that I could be back in church teaching within an hour, I was up walking around the room. Everything was fine. I was walking no problem. And it was and, and so listen, and it wasn't even just that I had people throughout. I was there for a week in neuro- neurology in, uh, in Mary Washington. And I had several doctors and technicians walk in and pause and look at me and said, I saw your chart. This was no small thing that happened. It was a major stroke. And so anyway, the point is, is I, I was I was thankful to be healed. But at the same time, I was also discouraged. Nobody in my family had had heart attack, stroke, anything like that. And so I had this Christian doctor. He was from Nigeria. He was a godly man. He was a very sweet, godly natured man. And he came and saw me every day. And we talked for maybe 30 minutes every, about the Lord all, all the time long. And so towards the end of the week, I told him, I, yeah, I said, listen, I am thankful. I, I know God's healed me and I am very thankful for that. But I'm also a little discouraged because I have to go back and say I had a stroke. You know, that was, to me, it was a little humbling. And he said, no, no, no. You get to go back and say God healed me from a major stroke. And uh, and that's what I did. I, I went back to work and and because uh, we were changing contracts that our contract had been lost uh, from Lockheed Martin and it had been gained by uh, uh, General Dynamics. And so everybody had to check out and check back in it was completely. Anyway, so but everywhere I went, I said, because people had heard, I said I had a stroke. It was a major stroke, but God healed me. And so it was something that, uh, yeah, it was it was a little. But I look back now and back to our discussion we've been having. I got to tell you, I had three strokes in three years and I am thankful. I am thankful because God has brought me through them and also enabled me to keep teaching. I am thankful to be here with you guys this morning and I'm thankful to lift up uh, 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 the Lord and, and praise for what he has done in my life. And listen, it doesn't take a major stroke for, for God to be worthy of praise. He's worthy of praise 24 seven. Every day, all day long, God is worthy of praise. The fact that I am breathing in and breathing out, that is God's gift to every human being alive on planet Earth, whether they know God gave it or not. But we have so much more to thank God for. If you have Jesus Christ in your life, you have literally the victory over all things. And we're going to go through struggles. We're going to go through difficult times. We're going to go through trials. It's part of life. God promised us that we would have difficulties and trials and tribulations. But be of good cheer, he says, for I have overcome the world. And that's the key. That Christ is in my heart and in my life. And and listen, the, the trials of life, the, the difficulties of life... The day-to-day struggle with the world and with your own sinful flesh is real and it is discouraging. If you, if you let it, it can carry you down, pull you down. So our place is to daily get God's help to calibrate. Praise the Lord for His goodness and His mercy. That's what the Psalms, so many Psalms are filled with. Praise the Lord for His mercy, for it endureth forever. And that's what we are meant to do. Give glory to God day by day for his gifts and his goodness. And so back to Epaphroditus, letter B. And uh, uh, yeah, let me get this to uh, 
Cherie. Sorry, I'm still late getting here. Thank you. Anybody else not have the Philippians 2 handout that wants it? Okay. So, uh, letter B, he longed after the brethren beca- there because uh, they had heard of his sickness. And he, he had compassion for those who had heard he was sick. And that was uh, pretty wonderful. So, letter C, uh, God's healing was him, of him was in compassion and answer to prayers. Verse 27, it says, uh, Paul speaking, he says, For indeed he was sick nigh unto death. But God had mercy on him and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. And so it says there, uh, indeed, he was sick, nigh unto death. His sickness was not a small sickness. It was he was at death's door. And listen, it's a wonderful thing also that it doesn't matter how bad things look or they get. Listen, God can bring you all the way to death's door. And if God so choose He can completely recover us. Our lives, our minute by minute lives, by uh, instant by instant lives are completely in his hands. And so listen, it it is never. And here's here's the thing is we also have to be careful. I think this is very important for the for Christians to understand this. If God takes you home, it doesn't mean he did not answer the prayer. It means the very best answer to prayer was that he take you home. And listen, for the people left behind, that is difficult, especially when you love someone. And and listen, I there's just so many people that go through death and it breaks them. It, it tears them down because God sometimes from their perspective, God did not answer my prayer. And it's not true. It's that God always knows what's best. At all times. And you look at the There are several times in the Bible that I can think of where God took a life and it was in mercy. And and so, listen, it is it is something that we need to trust God about, just like everything else in life, that God knows what's best. Uh, so but in this instance, it was a matter of uh, answering prayer. Uh, letter C was, again, God's healing of him was in compassion and answer to prayers. So letter I there underneath that is God showed mercy on him and Paul in healing him. And my note underneath that is God's mercy is not owed to us. I think there's a lot of people that believe God owes them the answer to prayer that they want. And that is not true. (laughs) Listen, God is a merciful God. There's no question about that. You can see it throughout the scriptures, but I've I can I have seen it in my own life. God is constantly so good in ways that I can't even convey with words. God has been very good to me. I think the more you grow in the Lord, the better you understand it. But God's mercy is not owed to us. There's a lot of people that, that you say, hey, you know, you talk to them about the Lord. And, and a lot of people who claim to be atheists or, or agnostic or whatever say, I just don't know how a loving God could you fill in the blank there. A lot of times it's because there's, there's quote unquote evil in the world. Pastors referred to this a week ago, a week ago or so. And so uh, anyway, but um, but. Uh, uh, let me see. <laughs> uh, God's mercy is not owed to us, but it is brought uh, to us according to his compassion. And so I have this note I want you to see in Isaiah chapter 57. It's a beautiful passage. In Isaiah chapter 57, extraordinary passage. Now, there's not another like it in the Bible. Isaiah 57, verse 16. Please turn there. Isaiah chapter 57, verse 16. So there's a wider context here. I recommend you read it if you have time. Um, 
Let me just start verse 15. I, Melissa and I have remembered this verse for many years. It's always been a blessing to us. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. And so a lot of the context of this passage is Israel's lack of fidelity with the Lord. They have been unfaithful to the Lord. There's been idolatry. There's been so much uh, sin. And yet there's a perspective that God has about them. And that's that's what this is about. Verse 16, he says, for I will not contend forever. Neither will I all be always wroth for the spirit should fail before me and the souls which I have made for the iniquity of his covetousness was I wroth and smote him. I hid me and was wroth. And he went on frowardly in the way of his heart. So what he's speaking about there is, I believe he's speaking about Israel, but really he could be talking about man and it would be absolutely accurate. He says, for the iniquity of his covetousness was I wroth and smote him. So there was sin and God responded to that with correction. And specifically, that's true of his people. And he says, I hid me and was wroth and he went on frowardly in the way of his heart. But look at verse 18. Verse 18, I have seen his ways and will heal him. I will lead him also and restore comforts unto him and to his mourners. I create the fruit of the lips, peace, peace to him that is far off and to him that is near, saith the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. And so as you look at this passage and you look at the book of Isaiah, you look at the Old Testament and the New Testament and you see, listen, there is no place for man to ever assume that he deserves God's grace and kindness and healing and mercy. You name any attribute of God and we are not worthy of it. There's not a man on planet Earth that could name that you could name the best of men, truly from from our perspective, good people. People who care about others, people who work hard, people do things. And listen, it does not make any of us worthy of God's grace because you name the best person who's ever lived on planet Earth beside the Lord Jesus, who never sinned. You name the best person who's ever lived and he would still not be worthy of the love and grace and mercy of God, which surpasses our ability to understand. Just from what we can see, we can see that God is thankful of, but he has been so much more merciful to every one of us. And again, as you grow in the Lord, the better you understand God's mercy. The more you understand the, <laughs> what we think of as, uh, you know, it's a pretty, pretty good analogy of when you when you get saved and God begins to work in your life and he takes some of the big things out of your life that are glaring issues. And you think, wow, you know, man, I've really changed <laughs> But, you know, it's like a, a, there's an analogy of a, of, a, of, a, of a jar with with a bunch of rocks in it. And you take the big rocks out and there's a bunch of smaller rocks. And you take the, 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 the little rocks out and then there's a bunch of smaller pebbles. And you take those out <laughs> and you think you're getting close to being done. But then there's, there's sand at the bottom. You know, there's so much that we need God's help with all the time. And God is continually, continually graceful to us, continually merciful to us in ways that we could never deserve. And that, listen, it's not that God, I think, is continually wanting to put his thumb on us. That's far from the truth. It's just that God, we, he does not owe us any of the things 
that we come to him about, Lord, please do this, please do that. He does not owe us healing. He does not owe to us mercy other than his own character, that he is a loving and merciful God. And so that's that's the main point I wanted to look at with that in this passage. I, I, I love the passage where it says, I have seen his ways and will heal him. This is not about someone who is religiously faithful. This is about an idolater. This is about someone whose life is full of sin and covetousness. These things are very contrary to the Lord and his personality. And yet the Bible says, he says, I have seen his ways and will heal him. I will lead him also and restore comforts unto him and to his mourners. I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him that is afar off, far off and to him that is near, saith the Lord, and I will heal him. And about that passage, verse 19, where it says, peace, peace to him that is far off and to him that is near. That passage is very, very much speaking to Jew and Gentile, him that is near him that is far off. If you're a Gentile, you're, you're, not, you're not near to him in the covenant. The covenant was made to Abraham and to his seed. However, the New Testament talks about how they are of faith. They are the children of Abraham. And so anyway, the point is, is that this, is, this passage can be taken by anybody who wishes to see God's mercy and grace in his life. And so um, God's amazing compassion and mercy. And so number one there underneath that is this could be an indication about about Epaphroditus and the healing of him. This could be an indication that the sickness was going to claim his life, but God answered prayer and healed him. And uh, so I have this note underneath that, that prayer intercession is a great gift responsibility that God has given to his saints. And so let me say that again. Prayer intercession is a great gift slash responsibility that God has given to his saints. And so if you'd like to turn with me to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy in chapter 2, verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. And Paul, this is Paul speaking. He says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. And so that that passage there, it's it's touching on a very important truth for us. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, then this passage is, is directly to us. It says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. Now, listen, if you look at this passage, just straight out what it's saying, it means we're, we're supposed to be busy people. <laughs> we're supposed to be constantly engaged in prayer for others. Now, listen, it's, it's, it's just human nature that we tend to focus inwardly. My life, my needs. And it's not wrong to pray for yourself. We can do that. We should do that. The Bible says, cast all of your cares upon him. But listen, here in this passage, it's all outward. The focus here is all outward. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. And it's a very important note that, listen, this also includes people who we don't necessarily agree with. You're specifically supposed to be praying for all people. That's people who like you and people who do not like you. <laughs> We are meant to pray for all men for to to and, and listen what this also requires. And I think it's very important that we understand this specifically about this passage 
is it means you're supposed to be going around all day long in prayer. The Bible says pray without ceasing. And that's what that means. Constantly, all day long, everywhere you go, praying constantly. Now listen, there's a lot of us as Christians, and I, I, this has been true in my life before, that something happens, you know you need to pray about it, but you've got to do some business with God. You've got you to do some confession. You've got to ask God to be merciful to you. And you feel like you have to get your own account settled before you can pray for this very important need that someone has shared with you. A loved one or, or something else. Or, or for that matter, just someone you can see your face and you can see they have a world of trouble going on in their life and you know you should pray for them. Here's my point. Is that we need to walk with God. We need to be walking in close communion with the Lord. It doesn't mean we will not sin. It's that when you sin, you confess it. You ask God to help you to never go back again to that sin. That's what forsaking sin means. <laughs> you confess it. You forsake it. You ask God to help you. And then you go in prayer for others. We need to pray for others. It is very clearly a responsibility God has given to us as believers. I, for, I exhort, therefore... That, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Verse 2, for kings. And again, it's something that our, our world is so, it is overly politically charged. And it's not even just about politics anymore. It's ideologies. And listen, it makes me angry all the time. Because it's not just the left versus the right, the Democrats versus the Republicans. Let me tell you, there's some pretty heinous ideas being pushed forward in our society. And for, po for, for folks who are pushing back, they're being vilified. And it makes things seem personal. However, <laughs> Lord, forgive me. <laughs> forgive me for how angry I get all the time about all these things. Yet the Bible says, verse 2, for kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead and uh, lead a quiet and peaceable, peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. I'm very thankful for this verse because it gives you the back half of what it means to be interceding for kings and for those that are in authority. So very clearly, we are supposed to be praying for President Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, the leaders in the House, the leaders in the, in the Senate and the uh, state and local leaders. And if you, if you have the wherewithal to do so, we need to pray for them by name. I think we should pray for Rob Whitman. He's not the representative for our district anymore, is he? No. It's uh, uh, Abigail Spanberger. Uh, anyway, I, I, yeah. Anyway. So anyway, we're, we should pray for them. But I think, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, I I, uh, I have these these things that are sent to me and these pretty much form letters get sent to my representatives, Mark Warner, Tim Kaine, Abigail Spanberger. And they're about issues they're about abortion, they're about, you know, southern border, they're all, all these things. And so I'm thankful for those things because it allows me to have a voice that that isn't too hard to do to take care of. I just hit the sign petition button <laughs> anyway. And so I often get responses. I got a response from Abigail Spanberger. It was, about, I, I, it was about abortion. And I got this long letter about why she was interceding for women's rights, reproductive rights, things like that. 
And, you know, so my point being is for someone who recognizes that the child is alive in its mother's womb, and if you kill it, it's murder. And so, listen, I'm not going to be okay for you fighting for a woman's reproductive rights. She does have reproductive rights. It's called... (laughs) One man... One man, one woman in marriage. That's God's plan for our lives. Yes, women have reproductive rights. And listen, if you don't like the sound of that, if you don't like this. Okay, Lord, forgive me. (laughs) This is what I mean. I get I get quickly. I, I go zero to mad in no time flat. Anyway, the point is, is we have a responsibility to pray for them and not see them strictly through the lens of that person is a no good so-and-so. <laughs> no, I have a responsibility that is lined out for me here in the scripture. I'm teaching this Sunday on Sunday school and I'm struggling with it right now. And listen, again, it's like anything else in the Christian life. You ask God for the capacity to obey him. He will help you obey him in this matter specifically. And so as we look at this, we understand God has given me my marching orders and it is to pray for those who are in authority. And here's the back half of that. And this, this is where we'll have to stop. Um, for kings and for all that are in authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And let me tell you, 54 year old Brett yearns for a peaceful life. I do want the blessings of a quiet, peaceful life. And I, I treasure it more and more as I get older. I want peace. I want blessings in my home and I want my rights being preserved. And so listen, it's very important for us to keep the whole picture in view that God tells us we need to pray and intercede for these people. Listen, there's there's so many people who are just plain deceived. They've had a lifetime of lies that have grown into, you know how, you know, if you have, I have this, this pallet uh, at home and a tree grew up through the pallet. You can't separate the pallet from the tree now. Now, listen, that's that's how lies can be when they grow into people's lives. Now, God can cut them out. But listen, (laughs) apart from God, you can't get free of of lies like that. They are so ingrained into our lives. And so, again, it's like everything else in life. Our place is to trust God, do things his way, pray for those who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. So listen, to do things for to, when, when God gives you incentive to do things his way, thank the Lord for that. You know, I want a quiet and peaceable life. So there's my incentive. <laughs> if you can't seem to bring yourself to love that person that stands for everything you're against, well, for the motive of I want a quiet and peaceable life, then that's, that's, that's a good motive. And so uh, God help us. God help us all to uh, do things God's way and and to care for people. And God can give you that supernatural love for people who who don't agree with you. Real quick, Brother Albie. Yeah. 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 Well, 
Well, since you asked, <laughs> since you mentioned that, I, I put it up and it's holding, it's holding, it's keeping the chickens out from jumping out. Of, uh, so that thing's perfect for what I need. <laughs> okay, let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for this time we've had. Thank you for these truths. And Lord, uh, thank you that you are able to help us to be obedient to you. And we do pray that you would be glorified in every one of our lives, not just here, but Lord, everywhere at home and at work and abroad. Help us, Lord, to be your people, to shine for you. Let others see a reason for the hope that lies within us and help us to be ready with an answer. Bless in the coming hour for your glory. Help the things in the sound booth to go smoothly. Everyone singing and praying. Lord, please grant your grace and your help. And bless, bless Brother Jackson and help us to praise you all and worship and learn and receive from you this morning and, and meet with us. And, and according to the need of everyone here today, please help and bless. And uh, we do pray for all these needs that were mentioned. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.